Welcome to Bleed TV, the podcast, the best shows on TV, and I'm Zach. I'm Cash. And tonight we're hitting them uh, Outsiders. This is uh, episode two. Uh, it was titled uh, Doomsayer, right? Yeah, Doomsayer, yeah. Uh, had that one poignant line in the entire uh, episode, so yeah, Doomsayer. They, they let you know about every seven minutes what the name of the episode was. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say the first negative about the show, commercials. Man, was it a letdown. I mean, after coming from 53 straight minutes of pure action-packed intenseness to every seven minutes, you're cut off into a commercial. And they seemed longer than any yes. other show that I've yes, watched. Yes, they did. I think they were, you know, I'm going to go ahead and say, I think it's kind of marketing genius, though, because basically the first one was like commercial-free, and you're like, wow, what a massive amount of information to hit into one episode. Exactly. It's like a Game of Thrones episode. You get yeah. the full <laughs> this was This was HBO. Yeah, I mean, we went all out. And so when they came back, and we got a, when I was like, all right, seven minutes in, I was like, oh, commercial on insurance, what? And so it was kind of like, oh, like, you know, but you knew it had to happen. You know, you got to make your money. You got to do what you got to do. And yeah. Like and so I got over it. But I mean, it was just, I was the, I have to say that was probably my one negative about the episode I can say right off the bat. That and there wasn't many. I mean, they told, we found gas. Yeah. There, there was a gas reserve Man, up how there. About, how many all the questions we had from the first episode? Did we get some answers or yeah, what? Absolutely. I mean, woo. So I think they was... listened to our podcast <laughs> yeah. and came back and was like, okay, <laughs> yeah. we're making sure these people don't all have right, These two douches are from Mississippi have done figured us out. we got we got to fix this. So, uh, But the episode itself, like I said, Doomsayer, I enjoyed it. I think it was a great pickup right from the first one. Um, you can definitely tell what characters are focusing on yeah, we this definitely episode. have a big plot of who the main players are going to be in this show. Right. And so, um, and I was kind of surprised we focused basically purely on the clan. This entire episode did very little outside of the clan as to what we thought was going to be the primary problem or the primary antagonist. Yeah, but also there's not many characters outside of the clan. Like if just the, the, stash. Not, yeah. the stash is about as good as it gets. The stash is, but he might be part of the clan. You know, we don't we don't yeah, know the stash's st- story. We're starting to, you know, stash might have some history we don't know about, and just like we mentioned the first one, uh, he is slowly peeling the layers back of an onion here of his life story, and I am very it's curious. looking grim. Yeah, and I'm telling you, the onion ain't looking too, too no. fresh on the inside. You know what I mean? Uh, we might be crying by the end by the time we get a few layers <laughs> yeah. deep, and not the right kind of crying either. So. Um, but you know, the episode didn't have a whole lot of action. It did a lot of setup, a lot of talk, a lot of things, but a lot of good storytelling. It was. And you know, the bottom line is I wasn't upset that we were lacking action. I wasn't upset that we went from a lot of this, that, and so on. It really, really built on what the story is trying to persona. You know, the stash is doing everything he can to prevent the clan being being noticed or any bad feedback from him. He doesn't want them to be the focus of anything. No, he feels that's going to be a war that this town wants nothing to do with. And I can agree with him. I don't think anything's good. I want to know what happened so many years ago where so many people died. I want to know, are we going to get some kind of flashback? Are we going to get some information? Or is it just going to be his storytelling? You know, I want to know where that comes into play of whether or not it's going to give us that visual. This is why you don't don't F with these people. Do you think it'll just be a story? Do you think it'll be a flashback if it comes down to it? (sighs) 
you know, if it is a flashback, I'm thinking it's going to be like the stash as a young man, <laughs> you know, and with the stash, like the, the yeah, premature I mean, we're like we're 14 up. with the same bold stash, you like, know, and going to the high school and then realizing his daddy didn't come off the mountain when the whole group went up there or something, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Something like that. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I think that'll be about it. I don't, there's not enough auxiliary characters to make a flashback from that past have relevant. enough meaning yeah because we're not going to be connected to any of the exactly the stash is all we got he's the only one who's telling everybody you can get off this bad idea you don't know what you're doing the whole nine yards because no one else really even talks about him or knows about him right so. well, it's like lore you know i mean like people like like the woman said in the show 58 percent, you know Support are one way them. and uh, i'm almost that's basically almost half are like okay well you know what that's their mountain they've been there longer than anybody else why on earth we want to kick them off their own mountain you know what i mean they're not yeah. bothering anybody either there or if they are it's not enough to you know cause problems here and so i mean i, I get that you know and i kind of respect it as well you know but don't get me wrong it's a show and you want people to have their freedom and so on and that is a hot topic in the world today of you know hey what, what does your freedom really amount to but what? also how do you buy a mountain I mean, <laughs> who owned that mountain? Yeah, and well, who's to say it was ever for sale in the first place? You know? Yeah, I mean, I mean, who, who who had the original deed? Give me that one. Just, I got squatters' because they didn't pay taxes. That, yeah. you know, they, the state took it over again. <laughs> I mean, give me a break. You know? No, I'm sticking with squatter, squatter rights for the old feral clan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, like we said before, the episode kind of really kind of dives in. We're you know we're dealing with Asa and you know his constant problems of not being accepted i was i will say i, I thought it was interesting that you know one part of the episode he's not accepted the next part he's talking to people and the next part of the episode he's he's not accepted the next part he's talking to people there was kind of a back and forth and inconsistency a little bit just a little bit like they didn't start talking to him until after the big brawl yeah. brawl and everything like he sat down a little but people still weren't really sitting with him and then whenever big feral came and made his scene and knocked the food out you know everyone kind of rallied behind big feral Right. And Asa quickly scampered and found, fell into a beautiful one-bedroom house on top of a mountain. Yeah, my man. Now, Asa fell into a lot of goodies this yeah. episode. You really think about it. We got a house. He's got a woman delivering food. And some top-notch vegetables. Like, yeah. I mean, those were... I mean, I don't know if grocery stores around here can produce stuff like what I just saw. No. And then and then Homeboy bringing him a four-wheeler that's covered in leaves gets it started in a day. I mean... Yeah, like... When, I'm going to tell you, these guys... He was down to hours. No education. No mechanical skills other than what's been taught from the ones before them before them. These guys can do it. They can produce. I mean, those are the kind of people I want working in my car, though. <laughs> yeah. like, I might not be able to get new meaning to shade tree mechanics. Yes. It's new absolutely. meaning. <laughs> There's no doubt there. So... Um, so there was a little bit of that, but you know, again, I didn't mind it. You know, it was, it worked well the scene because I don't know how many times at my favorite show, Walking Dead, I just look at them and go, they blew that one. That had <laughs> no way of going in there. Oh, this is way too consistent or it's a bridge too far. How many times do we hear that every time I get on that show? But this one, you can tell they took the time. They took the effort to do the little parts, little details. And I mean, and I will tell you, you know, I'll go ahead and say my favorite thing for the entire episode is just very much like the first one. I love the very unique angles of the camera and cinematography for the way they were doing stuff. Yeah. Seeing people through a window, a dirty window, and watching scenes. Like the sheriff at the end after he breaks the bottle. I mean, we're talking like 100 yards away and watching him just kind of walk away, and you get the scenery and the effect, the barrel effect of the woods. He's letting nature take its course. I mean, and it was, just shooting it all perfectly. And I was... 
I mean, like when they're, the cop car is coming through a town, it's not just a cop car. You see this beautiful, majestic mountains in the background, and mm-hmm. it's all in a blue-gray haze whenever you see the stash and whatever he's doing. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you get kind of a yellower, kind of grainier uh, haze to the camera and cinematography when you're on the mountain with these people. Yeah. I mean, it's just – and the greens are more vibrant. And, and the sound. the city, it's smoggier. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they're definitely giving you a visual appeal – of wanting areas. to be in the mountains exactly. versus city life and like everything. you said you saw how vibrant those the, that garden produced you yeah know, the carrots and the vegetables i mean they look like a million dollars in a bucket oh and then you man. look at the sheriff and he's sweaty nasty the shit the, you know the stash is you know almost curling and i mean <laughs> the kids look like they're depressed and that it's a police station and it's black darker and, and, and you don't want you know it's just everything is like blah you know and it's just it's awful you know everything looks like it's dusk it looks like the mountains blocking the sun for every episode every every shot and you go up to the you go up in the mountain, mountain and they're having the duel it's beautiful sun shining clouds are perfectly yeah I mean, through mr line and she's in the sun like gorgeous you know no makeup no nothing and she's you know and, and her look changes a lot like she'll go from being drop dead gorgeous guinevere and oh. then other times she's just gri- grimy and dirty and just yeah, caked. You know, you know who it reminds me of, and, I, and he's turned into one of my least favorite uh, directors. You know, M Night Shalom. Yeah, you remember back when he used to do like you know the, the Sixth Sense, a lot of stuff like that. He did a lot of association of color, depth, and you know just the grain and the you know the mood setting by the colors and different things he did mm-hmm. with his cinematography. And they're mocking that a lot. Not mocking it, but are using kind of the similar translation. Like when they were doing the duel scene, she looked horrible. Like, oh, she, she looked was awful. In, but they were showing a mood of her just by the lighting and the way she was and everything like that. Because when those two were dueling, it was bright, beautiful sunshine. They're looking at each other. You can see every little detail of their weapons and everything like that. You look over to the stands and it's like the Grim Reapers over there holding <laughs> a cloud over them, you know? And so it, you could just see that their direction is really, really focusing in on giving the viewer emotion without saying a word. Yeah. And I'm really valuing that. I think that's what's giving it that grainy edge. Kirk Sutter does something very, very similar to that when, you know, Sons of Anarchy, The Shield, like that. You know, he makes things a lot darker in certain things. To They're have... speaking with their camera. And exactly. that's something that we're not getting a lot of in TV right now. We have a lot of great TV. But well, we're not getting that emotion. Go watch a network show and see if you get anything like that. No, everything is in the same filter, the same, you know, every same yeah. camera. Everything is eye level. Very rarely do you perfect. get a sweeping shot from the top of their dome and coming down or looking from their feet up to get their nostrils. And I mean, you don't get none yeah. of that. They're not afraid to look ugly in no, this. No, they want to show what realism. Mm-hmm. They're putting it out there, and I'm freaking loving it. You know, And this episode continued that. And I, I was really, really happy to see that. I was really pleased. Um, I, and I, I, mean, I thought something else strong about it. I thought the dialogue between any of the characters, I thought it was solid. I didn't think of anybody that I was like, you know. There was nothing that was really bad or cringeworthy. The most interesting dialogue I had was yet again with Hazel and Sally May or oh, whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. name again. I mean, just... He looked like a guy who, oh yeah, I've never read before. And who's Katy Perry? Yeah, and at no point in time stuff. do I think that he is an educated man. No, I mean he carries himself, talks a certain way, the whole nine yards. And so um, he's doing a great job, you know, of personifying who he is. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do believe their relationship is unrealistic, very unrealistic, and I feel like it's being forced for I don't know what reason yet. I hate to say that I think that uh, a true negative of that is is that. 
you know, are we trying to incorporate the not so much a black-white thing, but are we trying to create not only that it's a problem that a woman from the town is seeing a feral, okay. but you even add more to it that she's an African-American seeing a white feral. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's like, it's even more over the top. Dude. It's even worse somehow. Yeah, you know, and like... And especially because he's not understanding any racism, racism or anything. And so when he says coon holler... And she gets offended. He's just like, I, I don't I, see I anything wrong. Yeah, about, that's you know, what she it's called. It out. But to the viewer, it seems more inappropriate. Yeah. Even though, even though it's technically not inappropriate, but I can see where people can feel that way because, even well, because it's like Kentucky, we're in the South, so it still feels like it's not necessarily right, well, even though there's nothing wrong Kentucky, with it. You would think that that would not be okay. typically acceptable. Yeah. You know, acceptable. You know what I mean? I mean, if we're, you know, if we're in different parts of the country or different parts of the world, like that, you know, where, you know, it's not in Kentucky, you have, if you're outside looking in, if you're outside the bottle of looking inside on Kentucky, if you're an outsider and outside, you're looking in, you would think that, well, okay, well, this is completely off base. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You know, we, we live in Mississippi, you know, and I can tell you right now, it, it's not, it's not off base. It's not, it, it happens every day and there's no problem with that. What I'm getting at is is that, you know, I'm just thinking to the average viewer, you know, like when I talk to people on Facebook and other places like that and so on, you know, I was like, well, how do you think about this? Or what do you think about that? Or da, 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 and so on. And they're like, well, it just doesn't fit. It doesn't make sense to me. It's not what I think would be acceptable there. You know yeah. what I mean? And they're not being racist or anything. They're just saying it just doesn't That's fit Kentucky. the mold yeah. of what they think Kentucky would be like, you know? I mean, you, you think about Kim Davis, you know, who I'm standing up against gay rights and I'm thinking this, da, da, da. you think of backwoods, you think of old ways, you think of that was not right back in the 50s, 60s, why is it right now? So, I mean, that I think that, I don't know if it really hurts the show, it just doesn't feel like it fits. It's not enhancing the show and it's not fitting. Now, maybe they're setting it up for scenes down the line because, I mean, we have seen a few previews for right, what's well, going to happen. tangling about the situation. Yeah. But I don't perceive that we're going to have like a group of African Americans trying to climb that mountain uprising because of this situation. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I, I think it's more about we have two characters who are intrigued by the other one because they've never seen the other one. That's a fair and that's point. That's where I about. that's what it is. Yeah. And so that's what I'm valuing. They're they're the why they're in this story dynamic, and. Even though that most of the time the reaction I get is is that I don't see how it fits, you know, da 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 da, and I'm like, well, you're not seeing what I think they're trying to give you is that yeah. two people who are complete opposites who have never even seen each other, they're liking, can actually like each other. But also, Hazel's a pretty smooth talker going in there sliding. Yeah, he's got in. skills. Yeah, I mean, he knows I mean, what he's doing. He's half shirtless half the time. I mean, he's he's obviously working to get some money which he doesn't even know anything about. No. just to be able to be the girl. I mean, she, I mean, I mean. If she could blush, I think they'd be showing it. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? I'm just, I'm just putting it out there. You know? <laughs> and so I, I think that's it. And I think, uh, you know, when they're acting together like that, does it does it seem realistic, the courtship? No. You I, know? I think there's little parts of it, you know, that seem that way. I think there's some of it's cute. But, yeah, like you say, I just haven't seen the thing going Okay, I'm, I'm I can see this working. Like this is going to last, or this is doing something for me. But the main thing I thought about when they were together was how big is this town? Because I mean, what, what's half a day's walk down a mountain? Yeah, I mean, a guy can get up. I mean, if you remember now, they said three hour ride on to the grocery wheeler. store yeah. on a four wheeler. 
So, that, I mean, well, let's go ahead and be honest with ourselves. If that four-wheeler is going, let's just say, 15 miles an hour, yeah. you know, give or take, the human runs runs jogs anywhere from 5 to 10 miles an hour if they're doing good. I mean, three if hours, we're talking marathon, maybe? Yeah. I mean, we're down we're a mountain. Way up, and then he's going back up the mountain. Yeah. He's got to be in some shape. I'm going to yeah, go I mean, in and say, you know. The there's guy. a reason he's half shirtless most of the time. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I think that's one thing I keep. I'm like, okay, three hours. And I'm, you know, I'm like, mm, you know. Yeah, I mean, the distance, the size of the town that we're not quite sure what it is, is probably my main frustration with the show because I'm trying to figure out the times and how everyone's doing yeah, well, everything. Well, I think the show purposely doesn't want you to know the scale. I don't think that, you know, because if you do, then we'll be doing like we are, comparing yeah. everything and trying to analyze every little detail and so on. So, you know, there is there is an art to the, the magic there, I guess you would say. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> but let's go back to, all right, we're, you know, we, we realized, like I said, everything is dark and depressing in the town. They have these funerals. We meet the new... I think we're basically the new B-I-T-C-H, the bitch that is going to be the new wrinkle into this whole situation. And man, is she playing that role perfectly. Oh, like, I mean, she's already team. turning the screws in the sheriff. She's oh, already doing this. I mean, She's so, dotting the I's and everything. Right. I mean, we're at the funeral and she's like, I think we need to start tomorrow. You know? And he's like, well, we now, know, I grew up down the street, you know? That's a great idea, but bear with me. I don't know <laughs> if I'm crazy or not, but... You can just tell me to shut up, you know? And I was like, yeah, this is going to be that one... You know, that you can't go over there and punch because you don't like what she's saying. You just got to yeah. deal with what she is and so on. So I think she is becoming the perfect antagonist for yeah. the future rivalry of the town versus the mountain. She is the the kindling, the gasoline, the little pyramid of this fire. There's she no is going to be everything that this show needs to explode. And I think that's why the first uh, buyer of the coal land was already killed off, was just to bring this girl in. Well, it makes more sense. He's just another suit. It's yeah. No, it's, no, it's no big deal if he's gone. <clears throat> I believe that in this situation, a female character, especially one like she's persona, is a more believable and better Fit. antagonist fit for this future conflict yeah her being the cutthroat person fits a lot better than these two suits that knew nothing about the feral clan or anything she might not know anything about it but she's quickly learning right the surroundings of the clan and everything Absolutely. which is important now i'm gonna ask this question do you think the conflict about the coal mountain is going to be the is the is the big problem, or do you think that the story is more about the internal problems of the clan and the outside things, or just things they have to deal with while they're dealing with their internal problems? I think it's going to kind of be a perfect storm because I wouldn't have said that it was the internal problems of the clan until Big Farrell made himself Brennan because he's a loose cannon. He's going all over the place, and it's like he's trying to expand off the mountain, although he never wants to be off the mountain. <clears throat> you know, the funny thing is is that I just don't feel like he's well-liked at all. I mean, I don't get the he's vibe. He's just feared. <clears throat> but he's not even really feared. Yeah, I mean, even the women stand up and talk to him. When I think of a leader, especially one that deals in, that peddles in violence to settle mm -hmm. its disputes, Women freely talk or speak their opinion or do different things in his presence or like that, and there's no correcting it like that. And so that's one that I think is I think is off. It's very off, and especially because I feel Guinevere's in the most power in the clan. Right, she well, called the yeah. meeting essentially. 
Yeah. She convinced Lil Farrell to do it. She got the elders to say it's a kin matter and to make it a duel. And everyone's kind following her yeah, lead. I mean, because when the the when the mama was the Brennan, it's like she walked, she rolled up in there. Yeah. You know, it wasn't a walking. No, she rolled up in no. there. Everybody bows and you know whatever she said respect. ruled. You know exactly ultimate respect. He's Brennan right now, and everybody's like, eh. You know, it's kind of like uh, Tywin's line in Game of Thrones. If you have to tell everyone you're king, are you really king? And the Brennan right now is just shouting, hey, I'm Brennan. Everyone listen. And no one's really listening. You're absolutely right. That's a great quote. I mean, and that is realistic. And so I think he's got problems. You know, uh, you know, Guinevere is trying to decide between this and that and so on. We can all yeah. see the writing on the wall with this one. I mean, here. it was a love triangle from you the know. get-go. And, oh, my gosh. The reason I got into this show is Ryan Hurst. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, can they not make him look any worse? <laughs> I mean. We all knew he didn't stand a chance in that duel. And I, the duel was probably the least interesting scene to me. They're, I'm with you because I was like, you know, they set it up. You know, you knew it was coming. It was going to be a four wheeler deal. Da 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 da. And were you as intrigued as I was about trying to figure out what they needed four wheelers for? Because I had no clue. Here's my problem with this. If you remember when they had their little meeting with the elders, uh-huh. let's do it the way the old oh. world did it. The old world didn't have four wheelers. <laughs> no, we used to have horses or something. You think they're out there in horse and buggies doing a little eight I figure mean, jousting? <sighs> And there was a course there. It looked like it had been there for a good while. You know, I I just like, you know what? I thought somebody came up like, hey, we need to have duels on four-wheelers. And then, hey, how do we get to that? Oh, let's do it like we said, like old world. No, no, no. I don't <laughs> think they ever realized that A and B did not connect. No. And this also might be, you know, a us problem. But is that really the best use of gas that we have? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean three-hour I mean, ride. It's got to be in this. I mean, come on. That's a resource you don't waste. You no. Know? And I thought it was going to be... Kind of like in the first episode when we're introduced to the clan, they're chained up and they're fighting. That seemed like it fit like an old school brawl. That seemed real. That they're tied to a pose and have to go at it. And that's what I was excited about. Then there's like, come on, you know I need a four-wheeler. You know I need a ride. And I was just like, okay, what what is this going to do? I think it was one of those classic things of somebody came up with a really good idea and how do we get to that without trying to be believable and it just failed. Yeah, it flopped bad. And especially because... Lil Foster's character, he just didn't seem like he knew what he was doing in that fight. Like, even after Asa's four-wheeler broke down, Lil Foster's still driving around, circles around. Yeah, the whole grandstanding and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, it would have been better if he just drove by him and just straight cold-cocked him. Absolutely. You know, it's just like the classic bad guy who decides that once he has the advantage, he sits there and talks your head off and gives the the hero the opportunity to come up with a solution to the problem, and he loses ultimately. (laughs) Oh, he definitely lost. There was no point of lighting his baseball bat on fire. Oh, well, I was like, come on. And then how does popping a wheelie with a baseball bat pop your gas line? You know, there was that. And then where did the metal bar come from? I, I I got nothing. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it was, like you said, I mean, it was a little bit of action. It was something cool, unique, da da da, da but I thought it, 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 if anything, it took away from the episode. Yeah, I mean, it was supposed to be the high point, I feel like, and it was the lowest point of the Did show for me. Did anybody in the audience really feel like that Asa was going to lose going no. into it? Yeah, but that'd be a good thing to know if any of our viewers thought, you I mean, know. Realistically, I mean, I was going into it going, okay, when's Hurst get knocked down? Because, yep. I mean, 
You know Ace is not going to be removed from the clan. Otherwise, there's no internal drama anymore. Yeah. He's I mean, the, I was he's like, the keynote figure. Okay, so that's, that's not the way it works, okay? You know, and so I understand you. Know, there's ways to add certain things and do like that. And I know it's difficult when you you basically know this character has to remain. But come up with something. There was a better way, especially after he spent six months in a in cage a cage. and everything. Exactly. Like, cut this guy a break. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. They're just, I just thought there might be something like that. Give him a task that was, you know, or do something that. Make it, him want to be Brennan or something. Give him a power struggle instead of. Yeah, well, just create him wanting a divide be, in the group. Yeah. Where you can't get rid of him because half the group is on his side, the other half's on this side, and then there's just an internal turmoil or something. Right now, it's just kind of confusing, or they're just leading you on a path you already know the answer what's going to come. Realistically, the only thing you don't know what's going to happen is really between Little Foster and Big Foster right now. Yeah, and, and that's a weird dynamic, and it's been offsetting the entire time. Well, they're beating to death. In two episodes, we've heard I'm, he's not the favorite son in different yeah. forms and stuff, even in the public, and then basically, well, you lose your know-my-son anymore, da-da-da-da. I mean... And they've given it to some, like, he wanted somebody else to do the duel, and then he makes him beg for it, and then gives him that ultimatum? Yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. What happened? Does yeah. he just not like Guinevere that much, or? Yeah, because he chose the hottest girl in the camp, that he's not, <laughs> he's no longer cool being the foster? She, she's quickly becoming the wire hot, just the only hot woman that's available on the show. Pretty and much. it's working. Yeah, it is working. So, um, so I mean that that's where that's kind of interesting why they're trying to go that way and stuff. But as I said before, I mean it was kind of, there are some flop there. There's some different little holes and but the the show did still flow seamlessly. It did. Um, I did still feel like there wasn't like I said I, I didn't cringe anywhere. I did find some plot holes. I did find little things. I was like, well, that really doesn't make sense, or well, you really don't have to go that way. But it didn't. It didn't bother me. Like I mean, I know sometimes I've said some shows, and I'm like, "Whoa, pump the brakes, stop! What are you, are you kidding me? How yeah. did you get to that point? To that point with this, you know?" And so far, the show hasn't come anywhere. Yeah, there's near. no big gaps or anything. Yeah, there's no been. There's been no derailment whatsoever no. in anything. So, and and the artistry has been consistent you know it's not like the opening scenes are amazingly artistry and at the end they're artistry it's that way the entire time and we got away from the mythical stuff a little yes, bit this episode no wolves we don't have to hear about a whole bunch of prophecy stuff no fires no, stuff. No, yeah, no fires that you know it was just more okay here are the people here are the characters and here are what they're doing and you were soaking it up like a dry sponge yeah and so that was really good but i will say we had a lot of dialogue this episode and so i do think we need to have there some kind of ramp up for the next one we mm -hmm. need to get some conflict when we need to have some you know some hurt feelings or hurt, or hurt and i know. think that's going to happen i think the i think they're going to come down from the mountain and uh kind of raise some havoc yeah some some do you think the people go up or they come down first i think they come down first because well, I think know, he's going to finally no tell the clan that, hey, you know, they're trying to evict us from our mountain. Right. Because the clan still doesn't really know it yet. And so now that Ace has been accepted, he's like, look, guys, I can read. I know what's trying to happen. Yeah. They're trying to come up here and evict us. And I think he's going to use that as a tool to become Brennan because they're going to realize they have to have somebody who's semi-educated, even though that's not what they want to be able to handle the foe that's coming at them in the situation. So do you think he wants to become Brennan? 
I don't I don't think he's necessarily something he seeked. I think he just wanted to be back with his family and be accepted. But I think ever since he realized that he will never have a normal life as long as Big Foster is Brennan. Well, I don't think anyone's going to have a normal life yeah, as long well, as he's I mean, Brennan. Yeah, within that dynamic. <laughs> and when the old woman told him he's supposed to be Brennan through the prophecy, and then all of a sudden she gets smothered and he knows it's fishy, and then this guy is trying to get him kicked out of here, and you know he'll never be able to be happy where he is as long as the other guy's Brennan. So your choices are be miserable or take over as Brennan. And how about the cojones on Big Foster to tell the entire clan that he was there when she was when she went under? You know, she I was holding her hand yes. as she came under that spell. I was just like, really? Yeah. You so, don't think anyone's going to get a little suspicious yeah, here? Yeah. So like, I'm thinking like the whole time, like making a murderer, and you just confess that you were in the <laughs> room with the victim. Mm, you know, but this is quite a bit different jury there. You yeah. Know, so. Um, yeah, I, I did think that was a little presumptuous. I thought it was a little, you know, I think he was trying to use it to his advantage of, she told me, you know, that I'm the Brennan. And, <laughs> she know, called the, me the, by my rightful name. Yeah, and then that, and uh, you know, that the real devil is the one right here, Asa, you know, and I was. The doomsayer. Yeah, the doomsayer, you know, filling us for fear, you know, and I think his speech was in the right angle, you know, I just, like you said, wow, why did you put yourself <laughs> in the room when she went, when she went down? You better hope she never wakes up, you know? And, uh, cause oh, come on, I thought she was dead. Yeah. I mean, I mean the fact that she isn't is still is the biggest very mystery. Iffy. I mean, realistically, really iffy. Um, I mean, to be more realistic, she needs to be toast. Yeah. You know I mean, let's <laughs> just throwing it out there. I mean, for not having any up to date medical knowledge or anything, they're, they're doing pretty well at keeping her alive with no tubes. Hey man, or anything. I'm going to tell you right now, feral wine cures all. <laughs> Feral wine cures it all. Oh, man. You know what I mean? You can we'll, cut we'll fingers, headaches, stomach aches. Oh. Near death uh, suffocations. We got you. When the doctor started boiling that pot of the feral wine for Hazel to throw the old nub in there. Oh, oh gosh. Woo. Hey, I'm going to tell you now. That'll burn. I'm going to tell you, you don't have to worry about the coal people coming. You no. don't have to worry about the pharmacies coming in here and needing this feral wine for, their, <laughs> for its medical properties. That's what, what's going to happen next. Um, we'll let you keep the mountain. Just yeah. keep pump this out. <laughs> All right. So there was a debate. I didn't really notice that the he, she, she, he, or whatever like that was. I didn't get that vibe or really get a good look at the, the character in the yeah. first episode. We, did, we didn't notice why it was brought up the first episode. Right. Second episode. I know why it was brought up. Okay. The baseball was hit out of the park. <laughs> we know exactly what we're dealing with. And so that's something else about the show. The show has hit rednecks, hillbillies, mm-hmm. mountain folks, city folks, dynamics of people who own land and people who want to take land, big corporations, small people, African-American, white, you know, well, we're hitting we everything. transgender, you know, drug. De- I mean, you know, they are hitting all cylinders of basically the I mean, we're downgrade the, of the American society. We're hitting every hashtag that has gone public <laughs> in the last three years. Yes. I mean, it is it is uncanny that we are hitting every single eight cylinder there is. I mean, I, I think that there's a purpose for that. For it being on WGN and everything, they're trying to create as much buzz as possible and hit on these topics in a way that they see fits the show. You know, I'm telling you right now, the only thing missing right now is if we, we have the Hispanic group come in. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, and... They're going to start moving all the feral wine. Yeah, or something. You know, uh, they're dealing smack. Or, I mean, just something, you know, that is just... 
I mean, just crazy. You know, they're going to build a wall from the. Oh base yeah, there of you the go. Mountain. It's going to be a, no, no. It's going to be an illegal alien thing. You know, <laughs> we're we're taking the rock from the mountain to build the wall in the Rio. Yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, give me a break. You know, so that's the only thing is that you know we're getting a lot of that. What the cultural you know differences and the cultural society and things that are dealing with that are people are struggling with across America. You know, and we're getting it all lumped into one small town in Kentucky. Yeah, you know, the, and, the most diverse place that yes. we, we could think of. Yes, very much so. So, I think they've sprinkled all of that in there. I thought that was kind of different. But uh, with all the characters that we've seen so far and everything, who do you think is going to end up playing a big role? Like, who do you think's kind of laying low right now, but it's going to become a major player in this show? Well, you know. I think Guinevere is going to be one of them. I think she's going to be like she really stepped up for this episode. Mm-hmm. I think she's going to really kind of become that queen bee. You know, the show really reminds me a lot of Sons of Anarchy because you have a, a, a band of not misfits, but you know, a gang of guys who don't do things by the law and they make their money their own way or live their own yeah. way. Da da da. But they also are surrounded by a society that doesn't care for them, but goes ahead and deals with them because they know how difficult it be to get rid of them. So do you think the town doesn't really want to deal with them or anything? I don't we think, don't. I think like 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 the supermarket guy goes. It's just not worth it to deal with it. It's yeah. just not worth it to deal with this person. It's just not you know the whole persona. Oh, that's feral, you know. Yeah. So I think like Sons of Anarchy, there's that, but they also the comparison in Sons of Anarchy, you know, their leader, an older leader, was trying to contain maintain his respect by wanting to do it his way, which was against the way the older people used to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, he wanted to run guns, but he also wanted to deal drugs. Well, they never wanted to do that. Well, he like just this show. Farrell's like we've always done it hand to hand. Well, now I want guns. Yeah, you know, and that's different than what they've done in the past. You know, he's making decisions without the group being a part of the decision, and so on. And then guess what? Just like Sons of Anarchy, the younger okay r- rises to power to save the group by bringing everybody in, doing some joint decisions and everything. Exactly. So you look at this situation. Is that Ryan Hurst? Or is that Asa? Is he the one that's going to come in and dethrone as the Brennan? Is it going to be the matriarch with uh, Guinevere? Exactly. Mm. I mean, so I really feel like they've kind of followed that mold or that kind of, you know, hey, we're going to follow that plot line, but we're going to have our own interesting characters in our Mm -hmm. own unique way and change it up. We're not going to be on motorcycles. We're going to be on four wheelers on a mountain. (laughs) You know what I mean? We're going to burn gas like there's no tomorrow. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's, just, it's just like a stream off the mountain. It's just oh, yeah. infinite, you know. Yeah, they got another river. And so I think that's the whole deal. You know, that I think that's where they're going is that we're following the mold of a successful show and we're able to create it with a new terrain, a new type of character that's not typically been seen. I mean, really think yeah. about it. Can you think of another show that's really gone to Hillbilly Mountains and dealt with this? I mean... Not too much. Justified touched on it a little. Yeah, but the show was about the police officers yeah. and about him. It wasn't about the people on no. the mountain. You know what I mean? So I mean, the only thing we know about Kentucky, niche, you know? yeah, I mean, the only thing we know about Kentucky is from the moonshiners and all the runners. Exactly. And I, I think half of them are probably in the show as extras, <laughs> or at least advisors. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so I mean, that that's one thing I look at is that you know, there that's. You, what's going on for the show is that, you know, we've got something unique here. This is not something that's been touched on, even though the plot is very similar to some very recent shows that were very successful. And if it's not broke, don't fix it. I'm with you. And it's running perfectly. I'm with you, you know. Um, one thing I will say that I actually hate is that I was talking to some of our 
favorite favorite fans and they talked to a lot you know angie is one of our super fans and one of the best people to have and we love talking to her almost all the time on mm-hmm. facebook and stuff and she informed me that unfortunately the direct tv does not have wgn unless you pay for it extra really and i was like one of the major satellite shows doesn't have channel four wgn like, i mean i thought wgn would be like a throw-in I you mean, know, you think it'd be like an automatic. Yeah, you know, like, like oh, we, we need to throw. We need we need seventy five channels. Uh, what's another <laughs> one we got available? What's WGN? You know, it just plays re- reviews. It's yeah, just really. old episodes. I mean, yeah. how many times do you need person of interest? I mean, come on, you know, what yeah. I mean? so, every day. Exactly. So I, I was really stunned. You know, now I did look on the website. And it does say you can play full episodes, and they've been doing recaps and different things like that. But she let me know that, that she felt like they might not do full episodes after episode three that would be a shame it really i'm I'm be honest with you i think wgn is making a huge mistake if they're not offering this programming through another alternate source yeah um that people can get through satellite you know they'd have to post it on their website or something because i mean they're pumping too much money into this even if you know even like some of your other big channels like you know fx you don't have this or so on even if you go back and watch full episodes they still stick their commercials in there they still get all their stuff yeah you might not be getting your ratings on the actual television but you're getting your online you're still getting your ad sales you get all this stuff wgn would be crazy not to be able to be producing this on an auxiliary way to stream it anything because they're putting too much money because this is the only show they have that i know of well this you know it's a gangbuster for them there's yeah. no doubt you know they're putting all their eggs in the basket with this if it's successful then they move forward like a lot of series are doing right now the bottom line is you look at amc they step on out there with mad men they step yeah. on out there with breaking bad they step on out there with walking dead boom 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 three, three shows that are blowing slams. it out of the park and puts amc on the map like competing with hbo cinemax paid programming and the cw doing it with being yeah. the comic book yeah going more station. teen with you mm-hmm. know flash and all that stuff and then all of a sudden fx is throwing original stuff and blurring the lines of violence oh, on television i, I mean, love showing XX rape and showing um, you know murder to the hilt and I, I, you think it's hbo the only thing that breaks it up is commercials exactly I which mean, you kind of need them like, you're catching your breath though <laughs> in those commercials you need your heart to take a break every <laughs> once in a while you know it's not bad enough you see a biker gang blow his mom's head off you yeah know I mean? come on so i mean i mean so i think wgn's like they're going you know what these people are making kilos of money off this stuff and so on. We're going to throw it out there. Yeah. Let's go ahead and put some eggs in the basket. Let's get some good actors in there. David Morris, Brian Hurst, and so on. A top-notch writer, director, and so on. And with a unique, one-of-a-kind attitude. I think the only thing WGN didn't do well was advertise this. Because yeah. I found out because somebody else just happened to be a Ryan Hurst fan and let me know that he was in a new show. That is the only reason I found out about Outsiders. And I found out about three days before it aired when you let me know about it. Exactly. And, and then was, I saw I had to dig through YouTube to go find the trailer. It's not like I typed in Outsiders and it was the first thing that popped so up. WGN needs to wake up on their advertising. They need to be putting this stuff on to other channels. Mm-hmm. To live. If I'm them... I'm paying FX. Let me advertise on you. Yeah. Because your show is so similar to what people were like. And people that were diehard Opie fans from, you know, from. They're going to come. They're going to come to watch Ryan Hurst. Absolutely. You know, and so I think that's the only thing. So they need to be kicking it into high gear. I mean, they're hitting Twitter, they're hitting Facebook, they're doing the WG and all that stuff, but it's just not enough. No, you got to get the commercials. Especially if it's a channel you people don't all get. No. I mean, wake up. 
Like you got to make Directv want to put you in the automatic seventy-five channels. It just doesn't make automatic. sense not to. Absolutely, absolutely automatic. And so uh, I hope that gets corrected. I hope it's not stopping at three because I know we got a full hilt season here, and it's looking like it's just going to get better and better and better. Yeah, I'm loving the show personally. Yeah. I, I'm I'm hooked. My wife was like, "Are we really going to watch Hillbillies?" And I'm like, <laughs> "Yes." I'm like, "Babe, we're almost considered Hillbillies," you know. And she's like, "Got a point," you know. So now she's into it. We're hooked, and so really excited about it. Um, I, I mean, there was nothing else that really kind of hit me on the episode. Do you think anything else? Not too much. I'm intrigued to see where the drug dealer goes because he's played two crucial parts. But outside he's a, of that, he's a connecting piece. Yeah, you know what I mean. But just like everything else, he's a stereotypical character of the yeah. show. Oh, I mean, just the you know the hand signals and the you know his hairdo and the way you know just it's so the sad mustache. Yeah, it is just, just wiry. And, I mean, he is the most stereotypical character of anything. Yep. Of the entire show. I because, mean, I mean, at least the Feral Clan has teeth. Yeah. So. <laughs> exactly. You know, and so uh, I, if I if I have to say prediction for next episode, I think we're finally going to get the conflict between the mountain and, and, the, the, town. and the town. I think that's been boiling, and now we need to get – we're going to get a sprinkle of it. I think we're going to get a situation where you're going to have either a singular incident between some people on the mountain and people there, you know, or it's not going to be the full scale. I think it's going to have to get something that brews, brews, brews with several mm-hmm. incidents before we get the finally the big explosion. And like you say, I think we'll have to have an incident here and an incident there. Um I wouldn't doubt that like some people go up on the mountain to survey or something and an incident happens. And then the next time a group of their group, a group of their goes down to a construction site to cause this havoc. Yeah. And so we're going to have some tit for tat stuff before we get to the whole, an army or this, this is a that. battle. Exactly. And so okay. I think it's going to have to really brew and boil up. We're going to have to have some casualties. We're going to have to have some, maybe not full out deaths, but some, injuries or some things are going to happen that's going to make it like or maybe she's able to spin this feral wine saying they're putting pcp or something into it and change the town's view of them like oh well if they're bringing their dangers down to us the the pr war is going to create the stigma of (laughs) we need to get band together as a town to get rid of these people can we call it a pr war if the other half doesn't know what pr is (laughs) (laughs) Eh? yeah no yeah you're right um but yeah i mean that's going to be her job is to spin it to make everybody like they got to go now. And she's going to do it wonderfully. Yeah, she will. And the shit, and the stash is going to be the <laughs> only one who's over there going, wake up. You know? The, the stash is going to try to bring down the internet one in some <laughs> shape, way, or form. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, I think we're good here, man. Unless you got anything else, I think we're going to wrap it. I mean, the only thing I can think of is let us know what y'all think is going to happen in this next episode. Absolutely. Like, what's the conflict? Do y'all think it's going to be up in the mountain or down in the town? Small, big? Let us know. Does somebody die? I mean, oh. we, we, we haven't had a character go down other than – don't get me wrong. I take that back. We the, lost the son. But I don't the know, favorite son. The favorite son. But I think that was more of an – a setup to the family dynamic. I don't really think it was like a <gasps> we lost a character. You know, no, I mean we don't was, have we haven't had a character we love to lose yet. Big Foster was the only one who's really torn up about the little boy. Right. So, do you think like the Walking Dead? You know, do they, are they going to create drama by getting out, getting rid of a major character? Do we have enough characters to get rid of a major character? Good point. Good point. But no, that, that's a good question. I would love to know if we're going to have a death or two. Uh, I think it's going to happen. I don't think it's anytime soon, though. Yeah. I think we're going to have to have. 
like I said, there'll be a there'll be a tipping point. Yeah. Is it a death of the character? Is yeah. it the destruction of something? Is it whatever you know? There'll be a tipping point. I just I'm, most of the time with shows like this, it's usually the death of somebody major that motivates yeah. everybody else. And like I said, I still don't think Big Foster is going to make it out of the season. I don't think so either. If anything. It'd be hard for me to believe, you know, but if they follow the mold of Sons of Anarchy, he just be kind of becomes a member who's no longer in the, you know, the, letter, yeah. the lead anymore and just... Like, becomes, you don't see how he's going to fade into the background, but he somehow does and it transitions yeah, well. Yeah, but. you know, because he's not leaving the mountains. It's either he stays or he dies, yeah. you know, so, I mean, it's pretty much cut and dry. And I mean, I love David Morris as an actor, so I hope that they don't get rid of him, but dang it they don't definitely don't make you want to keep him around either, no so and i i just don't see how he makes it out yeah i'm with you i mean i'm hoping for the better i'm hoping there is a revelation uh emerging but i think there's always got to be an internal conflict and so he is the obvious choice to maintain it so and then the other thing is where's this other clan yeah, the one that was mentioned. Yeah. You know, I mean, are you this or this? I'm like, huh? So then there's maybe where our merge comes from. True. Is. True. You know, I mean, they have put enough clues out there to things that we don't know about that we're dying to know about and see how it converges into yeah. the current story. I'm excited to see where this is going to go. There's no doubt. No doubt. Well, yeah. guys, like I said, if you hit us up at Bleed TV Podcast on Twitter, um, Bleed TV Podcast at g- on gmail.com. As well as we have a Facebook page, as well as we have our own little website there on Podbean. So, any any comments, feedbacks, anything you got, let us know what you thought. We've asked some questions. We'd love to have some feedback on it. Uh, if you got a few minutes to do, uh, listen to us and give us an iTunes review, a positive one or a Stitcher, that'd be great. Subscribe. That's how it helps our cast and how we, we build on our program. So, uh, as always, we really appreciate you guys. And uh, this is Blue TV, and I'm Zach, and I'm Cash, and we'll see y'all later.